Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I'm your host, Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, it's co-host, it's Padawan J. Hello, hello. And the other co-host, it's your coach. It is my coach. It is the coach, Coach Duffy. What is going on, everybody? Folks, we have a lot to talk about in the land of sports, so definitely join in the conversation. You can find our social media accounts on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. And remember to use the hashtag ODPH when you join in, because we definitely want to interact with you. Uh, unfortunately, the biggest sports story of the week has is the untimely death of NBA superstar legend Kobe Bryant. Kobe, along with his 13-year-old daughter and seven other passengers, were killed in a helicopter crash on Sunday. Uh, shocked, saddened, stunned, uh, a lot of emotions going on with this. Um, yeah. Resonating throughout the entire sports world and, t- and around the entire world. Around the entire world. And, and, you know, I can't take credit for this comparison. I saw this on Reddit. And it struck me as, you know, very true that, you know, it's hard to compare this death in sports because I would say the last major sports death like this was maybe Thurman Munson, you know, back in the day. Mm. But in terms of like, you know, this is kind of like if you've ever seen Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, this is kind of like when, you know, spoiler alert, Peter Parker dies in the beginning of it. And the entire world just stops because Spider-Man has died. That, you know, a hero has died. And and you can arguably say a similar situation has happened with Kobe that, you know, somebody who, you know, the, the, the circle of people he has interacted with or have interacted with him is admittedly small. But his circle of people he has influenced is very large and has affected a great number of people. Coach, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so I... If I get long-winded here and and, and take it, uh, like I texted you guys that this was uh, going to be therapy in a way for me because I just I haven't been able to deal with it. You know, I I grew I was a big Kobe fan. Uh, I wore number eight when I played travel basketball my first year, which was actually uh, his uh, would have been his third season in the NBA. I had his second pair of Adidas. Uh, loved Kobe, you know, even though we're Knicks fans, mm-hmm. you know, we, I, and uh, <laughs> uh, I, I always grew up respecting greatness, you know, from years of watching Jordan, just demoralize the Knicks, you know, for years. And I never appreciated it. And then, you know, when Kobe came in the league and everything, and you saw, you saw the level of talent and everything, you know, I, you just, as a Knicks fan, I think you just kind of learn to appreciate greatness. Like you see it differently mm. because you had to see Jordan four times a year plus the playoffs. So mm-hmm. even though Kobe was on the West Coast, you know, even and we couldn't see it that often until on TV, we still saw it and you still knew what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I absolutely, you know, admired him and everything. And uh, so from the jersey to the shoes to uh, you know present day. Um, when uh so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get personal here's a safe spot and i'm yeah. gonna do it because no, I, I gotta let it off absolutely man uh when i was uh from uh, uh senior year to uh freshman year of college uh or whatever um i my high school girlfriend and i who i dated for many of years were we're going we were breaking up and it was difficult we had dated for three years and uh kobe was going through his stuff uh in colorado 
Mm-hmm. And there was a quote that he had that said, you know, and I, I can't remember it, and I tried to find it today to to put it on the show, but I couldn't find it. But I'll, So I'll paraphrase here. But I printed it out, and I had it above my bed. And the quote was, uh, you know, that uh, he, the only f- place that he felt safe or at home was on the basketball court. Like that with everything that was going on, he could always go back to the basketball court and feel at home. Everything that was going on that, if I remember right, took, what, like 14 months to yeah, finally I mean, resolve it was, itself out? So yeah, it was a it was long, long process. Long process. But that was, the, that was his safe haven, was the basketball court. So for me, during that time, it, the words resonated with me because while we were going through our stuff, I had lacrosse. And I dove headfirst into it, played so many games that summer, like my head was spinning. But I just I needed the distraction. And that's... So those words resonated with me, and Kobe resonated with me, even though the situations were night and day different. But his, you know, being able to find a place that was safe and comfortable for you during a hard time was something that, you know, I needed. And then, you know, flash forward to the retirement, and, I mean, we were at my 10-year-old's basketball game when this all, Mm -hmm. see, no, I, I mean, we were there like we I and, you know, people think I'm like, I'm, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, you didn't take a you know, like this way. You didn't take a helicopter the game. Obviously, I know this, but it's the reality and the surrealness that I was doing the same thing that they were going to do. You know, like we were at a basketball game for my daughter mm-hmm. and I didn't want I just didn't want to believe it. You know, it was TMZ who reported it. And I was like, this can't not be real. Like, please don't be real. Yeah. I tried pulling up the website and it and it went to like a four oh four page can't be found and I was it like crashed. all right, thank God. Like I was like I was I screamed in the gym, I was like, Thank God this isn't real. Yeah. And uh you know, then I, I clicked the link again and it happened, you know, and it pulled up and I was like, No, no, like say this isn't so and you know, and I just I was lost like that whole Sunday I was lost. Just because of what I, I've never met him, and I've never been in the same building as him, and I've never anything. But what he meant to me, I mean, I wear his basketball shoes to this day. Yeah. I have a pair of Kobe fives or whatever the the fifth version of the Nikes, and it just it was so shocking. And my whole Sunday, like I was, you know, I I texted you guys and I said, "Thank God the Rumbles tonight." Yeah, because I needed so. I, I told my wife, I go, I cannot, I can't take any more. But I couldn't stop watching because I just I couldn't believe it. And uh, you know, then uh, flash forward to last night. You know, I I still I'm I all Monday morning I was lost. All Monday morning I was a shell of myself because I couldn't concentrate. You know, every time you pull up a social media or, or anything, even you know, or randomly you just start thinking about it. Yeah, and. Uh, Monday morning was lost, you know, and then finally my daughter was playing in the halftime of the seat and varsity game. And, you know, I just, I, and she doesn't, you know, she might not get it. She might, I don't know. You know, I can't, I'm not inside her head, but you know, the, uh, UConn was wearing, uh, they put the number two Jersey for Gianna out. And, uh, I, you know, so I approached her with her game that she had and, you know, she's wearing number 27, which she didn't want, which was accidentally picked for her. And, I said, Olivia, you know, you want to you want to wear number two tonight for the game? She, you know, why, Dad? Well, you know, this is Gianna Bryant's number. This is the number she wore, you know, the little girl. Could have been same situation. Could have been you, you know, and me. Going to one of your games out in Windsor 
in the middle of the night, you know, it's, it's a reality. And, uh, you know, so I, I asked her and at first she was like, you know, I don't, I don't know, dad, like why, like, will anybody get it? I'm like, that's not the point. Like, this is a very nice tribute that you can do. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't yeah. wear a Jersey number, but if I could, you know, I probably would, you know, wear something for him tonight. If I played, you know, and she thought about it and I showed her the video of the Yukon thing and she goes, yeah, dad, you know, I will. And it took a little, it didn't take convincing, but it took, you know, helping her understand the levity of everything. Uh, and then my favorite part, because nobody got it. I don't yeah. think anybody understood. We had to tape over the seven. I don't think anybody got it, but I appreciated that she did it. And uh, then when we got home, I was getting ready to take the tape off of her jersey. And she stopped. She goes, Dad, what are you doing? I said, well, just taking the tape off. Like, you don't want to wear tape on your jersey. She goes, why? I'm like, you don't want tape on there. Like, what do you? She goes, no. Leave it on. I want to wear two for the rest of the year, and that was that was great. Yeah, no, it yeah, was, it, was a, it was a really cool tribute that I, I saw when you were posting on social media about two. Yeah, I was when this news hit. I was actually at the um, uh, where Vinny, our friend, yeah. is uh, currently uh, doing some rehabilitation and such. So uh, when we were you know chatting up and you know just talking about like the Royal Rumble and everything the phone started blowing up and everybody's like Kobe died. And I'm like, what? Like, get out of here. Like, what are you talking about? And immediately started doing the web search. Yeah. And Vin and I both were like, we, we Kobe Bryant died. Like it didn't sit in because it was just like, he was just on TV congratulating LeBron right? Yeah. for overtaking him in the scoring um, title. It's all time scoring. Oh, thank yeah. you. So, it was just so surreal, and then you know, once we saw Variety was reporting on it, uh, Power One Hundred Five was reporting it on their Facebook page, New York Post was reporting it. It was like, my God, like, and especially with how it happened too, just you know, a, a terrible helicopter crash. Nine people were killed. As more reports were coming out, and just as a human being, just hearing that happen to anybody, right? Yeah, you know, you you just you sit there and go how and why and just it doesn't sink in and like i think i was numb for a good portion of sunday not gonna oh. lie like just surreal like this happened let alone to somebody that we use sports as an escapism and i i do a lot too I mean, oh, yeah. when i've yeah. had uh family members pass away and and like most notably my dad did like i really just started focusing on sports and really kind of you know shifted a lot of attention to that uh, you know how you look at the players and you look at games and just kind of just like lose what's going on in the real world for a couple hours. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, each day. And then just, you know, it's kind of, you know, I don't want to say therapeutic, but it's just something that alleviates, you know, what's going on with your real life. It's just mm-hmm. it's a welcome distraction. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's yeah. a welcome distra- yeah. distraction. And then especially for growing up as a basketball fan. Right. It's something you touched upon too. And I know I was having this discussion with Pad too at the uh, Royal Rumble watch party. Um, for me, growing up in the era, I grew up in the Jordan era. Right. And I've seen Jordan play. And that is when you listen to the show, and you can go through the backlog of the show, we refer to the greatest era of basketball as the 90s era. When you had Jordan, you had Charles Barkley, you had the great Knicks teams. Yeah, you had the, Reggie yeah, Miller. Houston. Houston. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on. Portland with a run during that time. Yeah. I mean, when you have that era of basketball, 
And that's what I grew in. That's what I fell in love with the game. When Jordan and all those great players started retiring, because let's face it, there's only one person that's undefeated, and that's Father Time. There was a point where somebody was going to either step up and take over the role of Jordan to a degree and somebody that was going to be influenced by him. And you have to say Kobe was that player. Oh, absolutely. And I know, Pad, you've talked about this too. You didn't see Jordan play, but you grew up with Kobe. No, yeah, I mean, just to run through, you know, many obituary for Kobe. Kobe was, of course, born on August 23rd, uh, 1978 in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, came out of high school from Lower Marion uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, was drafted in the 90, 1996 uh, NBA draft, for, uh, first round, 13th pick. Uh, interestingly enough, by the Charlotte Hornets, so not a lot of people know that. Of course, he was a lifelong Laker, but he was originally drafted by the Charlotte Hornets and later traded that night. Uh, was a five-time NBA champion two-time finals mvp uh nba mvp 18-time all-star four-time all-star game mvp 11-time all nba first team two-time all nba second team two-time all nba third team nine-time uh all nba all defensive first team three-time all defense nba all defensive second team two-time nba scoring champion uh was the slam dunk contest champion in 1997 NBA All-Rookie second team in 97, had both of his numbers 8 and 24 retired by the Lakers, was the Naismith Prep Player of the Year in 1996, and then was also the first team uh, parade All-American in 1996, and also was a two-time Olympic gold medalist with the United States. No, yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, I was born in, in 1989, so I'm, you know, 30 years old, and, you know, I kind of didn't, I never watched Jordan play. Just because the bulk of his career was while I was too young to even comprehend anything. And and really the first, first sports event that I remember, you know, knowing about or semi paying attention to, even though I didn't watch any of it, was, uh, you know, Super Bowl 32 with, you know, the Packers and the Broncos, you know, John Elway versus Brett Favre. And, you know, I, rem- I remember knowing that game was going on and, and, you know, asking my dad before I went to bed, oh, who's winning, you know, but I really didn't care or pay attention to sports really until you know the the early 2000s you know 2003 4 5 era you know the first nba season or nba finals i can really remember paying attention to was when kobe and the lakers went in and played who was at the pistons yep mm-hmm. with with you know the, the shack and kobe and and malone and and, and those guys Payton, yep, and gary yep. payton you know so i never really got to see Jordan play because by the time I really started paying attention to basketball or sports, Jordan was gone. Like, yeah, he had his, you know, one year return with the Wizards, but I never got to see any Wizards games. So I never really got to see him play. So for me, you know, Kobe was the guy I watched growing up, you know, and from all the clutch shots and all the clutch, he was just, you know, those guys that like you talk about when you, when I was in grade school, you had the greatest player in that sport. And a lot of people, cause you know, we're in the New York area said Derek Jeter's the best baseball player. Mm. You know, Wayne Gretzky was the best hockey player of all time. And then you might have had four or five different answers for greatest football player of all time. But for the kids my age, a lot of them, it was Kobe's the best basketball player of all time. And and you really look at, you know, just how the the mysticism and, and aura about him grew, even to where, you know, Dave Chappelle had the skit on the Chappelle show, shooting the piece of garbage or trash at the garbage can and going, Kobe, everybody my age does that. Everybody my age still does that. Yeah, to see how he's just transcended the game, too. I mean, when I was growing up, I knew friends in high school that played against Kobe at Lower Marion. So 
I've always kind of known about Kobe, and then when he got drafted, going straight from high school to the pros, which doesn't happen these days, obviously, because right. of, cause of right. different rules. It was a really big deal to hear somebody getting drafted out of high school, and let alone going to the Lakers. Because at this time, too, and not to mention he was one of the, I mean, one of the early times that a guard did it. Yeah, you know, you always saw centers and forwards do it because mm-hmm. they had the size. They always had size, size in their back stature. pocket. This was, you know, one of the early times that a guard actually did it. Right. So to see him get drafted, especially going to the Lakers, because at this time, this is the post-Magic Johnson Showtime era. Yep. So right. So the Lakers had not been prominent right. in the NBA for, for a couple of years. A couple of years, because their last division title before Kobe got drafted was in 1990. Yeah. But they had, uh, you know, at the time, Nick Van Axel, Eddie Jones, you know, so they had guys in front of Kobe, and I believe Brian Shaw might have been there as mm, well at that point. I think point. so, too. So, you know, they had guards ahead of him. You know, and, and when they drafted him, it's not – the expectations weren't that it was going to become what it was. You know, they had drafted a kid um, and obviously traded, you know, with Charlotte to get him but didn't view anything out of it, you know, that he was going to be there and Eddie Jones was going to kind of be the mentor. Then obviously, you know, his determination and his drive mm-hmm. and his will brought him to where he was – you know in the NBA in his career right because at that time too that's when the Lakers made the deal to go get Shaquille O'Neal yep right and pairing those two together really set the tone for Showtime 2.0 however you wanted to find that area yeah and just especially for being a Lakers fan in Los Angeles sports that brought the Lakers back Mm -hmm. that that was where they should be because in the history of the NBA, there are certain franchises you always associate with winning. Celtics, yeah. Lakers, yeah. you know, right now, obviously Golden State's in that conversation. But right. for this time period, this is what really resurged, you know, L.A. sports. Because the Dodgers were not really, you know, they were kind of hanging, but they were coming off the World Series wins in the 80s and, right. and such. But this was a time that they really took advantage and really had the spotlight on them. And when you win... Winning makes you heroes to everybody. Right. Kobe's mentality, and, you know, we hear about hashtag Mamba mentality. Right. His drive and work ethic is what made him stand out, especially at a young age. That's what everybody knows. When now in the NBA you really don't have a few people that want to take that last shot, Kobe was always the guy mm-hmm. that wanted the ball at the end. Right. You, you knew he was going to get the ball. You knew he was going to get the the last shot. And you had to bring your 110% A++ game to beat him. Mm-hmm. And when you go up against somebody like that, that was the closest we saw to Jordan mm-hmm. since Jordan in his prime. I don't talk about the Wizard years because that wasn't Jordan. That was right. just number, what, 54? I'm, no, he's 23. He still played. I block it out yeah. because that wasn't Jordan. Hey, I mean, he's still at one, that first year. That, the that, first year. That first year he still had some legs. But, I mean, for me, like the early Kobe years with Shaq were cool. You know, they won. Um, those later years, though, when it was him – Gasol and Odom mm-hmm. and you know Phil Jackson coming back for the second time. That's my favorite Kobe time. Oh, yeah, I, I, oh I, absolutely. I fully agree. It, I mean, those teams, especially having to go up against the Celtics, you know, they lose, you know, and Kobe's words in the locker room after, we'll see these guys next year and we're going to get them. And then ultimately, you know, they came back and got them. Uh, you know, those teams were so much fun because they were Kobe-led teams. They were Kobe-bred guys. You know, they were they were built in his image, and it was tremendous. Well, especially when they had to separate Brian and Shaquille 
because of the feuding going on. Right. And, you know, it's like big brother, little brother. Yeah. And just who, who can fight for the spotlight. And when L.A. made the – at the time, it was a bold move well, to was, send Shaquille. I mean, and the stories have come out now. I mean, everybody knew that, I mean, Kobe was flirting with Chicago. Yeah. It was very – I mean, the deal was packaged. There was a trade in place for Chicago to send a draft picks and a few players, and Kobe was going to Chicago. Yeah. No, it, it came out. And, how I mean, how would it, things have turned out then? I mean, it's always a what if there. Yeah. But to see that L.A. had that much faith in him, I mean, that's just how much he won over fans. He won mm-hmm. over the town. He won over the, the business. He won over the team. To see a player take that impact, and especially, remember, at this time, Shaq was still in his prime. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah this absolutely. Was, this was not on the back end when he was, uh, you know, bad knees, bad this, bad that. No, yeah. he was still, he could still go. Yeah, and especially once he got traded in Miami, obviously he had much of the same success with Dwayne Wade because mm-hmm. right. Wade was all at the time very similar to Kobe. Right, just, yeah. just coming out of Marquette. Yeah, yep. yeah. So to see Kobe take that challenge, and they took bad years. They took Those, some. They took they some took, L's. Yeah, I mean to put it mildly. My, yeah. Some of my favorite stuff is Kobe openly just bashing, you know, his teammates. Yeah. I mean. You guys the, playing like Shaman. This, the uh, Smush Parker interview that he had yeah. on ESPN, the 6 o'clock ESPN, where he just openly called him out and said that I'm not going to pass him the ball, calling Kwame Brown soft. Yep. You know, these were teammates. Oh, and, yeah. But it wasn't Kobe disliking the guys. It was Kobe disliking the mentality. It was Kobe disliking the – you know, the lack of dedication because, and, you know, this has been discussed. I mean, as long as you matched his work ethic, there was never a problem. He didn't care, you know, and Lamar Odom talks about this. Like, Kobe didn't care if we were out in the night, you know, in the clubs. But when he knocked on your door at 5 a.m., if you're not there and you don't answer your door, that's when you're going to get it in practice that day. Yeah. But if you go out clubbing and you wake up at 5 when he comes to get you for a workout – then you're good. Well, that was the whole thing that really was the Mamba mentality. Right. Is he wanted everybody to work as hard as he did. He wanted his team to perform as well as he did. He cared that much about winning more than anybody. And the drive and the determination is what is his legacy in this game. That is why mm-hmm. everybody knows that he was a great player. You could call him selfish all you want, but if he knew his team was soft, and he called him out as yeah. you, as you right. touched upon yeah. He was more determined to win the games by himself than work with four others that were putting in a half-ass uh, performance. That is Kobe's legacy, and and you could tell when Kobe knew, you know, how good he was. You know, there's that video from you know when he was practicing with the Olympic team, mm-hmm. and he goes up and he's trash talking Kyrie Irving, you know, yeah. a young Kyrie Irving, and Kobe's willing to go one on one with him and put twenty five grand on the line. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'd, he was going to donate the money to a charity, but he said, listen, I'll play you one-on-one, and I'll donate $25,000. I, I, I love, I love the video of him and Jeremy Lin yeah. at a practice yeah. one day. For no reason. Kobe just went off, you know, and he was calling, singling out Jeremy Lin, and he shut him down. You know, he backed it up. They were down, I think it like – the story, like they were down seven to five in the scrimmage, and Kobe said, "You're not scoring again. I'm going to cover you." And he single-handedly led the team back in practice to win that scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I again, I mean, I was I was very active on social media on Facebook for some for you know not normally what I I mean Twitter yeah I might yeah you know a little more active but Facebook you know 
and I mean, my one of my favorite things that was posted was that interview that he had with Barcelona and uh, Big Cat and and Alex Rodriguez, mm-hmm. where he talked about you know his mentality at practice. I coach that way. I'm from that generation of hard work and dedication leads to results. You know, I mean, my my favorite things were practice. I lived f- during high school lacrosse and college lacrosse for Saturday morning scrimmages. That was like. Those were better than games to me because, like, now you're going against the guy that you had to do drills with all Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. and now you're waking up Saturday morning, and you know it's a it's a setting where it's a scrimmage. I live for that, you know. I mean, and and that mentality, that drive was what like that's what I wanted to instill in this in the players, and you know, and and Gianna had that, you yeah. know, his daughter mm-hmm. had that, and that's what I want for my kids. Like, I want that that dedication, that determination is what separates you from being just, you know, uh, and I mean, I don't want to uh, sound like a harsh person, but it's that's what, if you want to make it, you have to have that mentality. You have to have that drive. Because now in, in today's day and age, there's so many kids that are, are, are flatlined and just plain, you know? But that, that work ethic, that drive, that, you know, one more rep, that one more, all right, I'm going to stay for 15 minutes of shoot around, you mm-hmm. know? I'm going to go right now, Olivia, at 7.30 is going for batting practice at uh, with a former BU baseball player because she wants to, to pursue Division One softball, and she knows that she needs to improve her batting. That's where she's going at 7.30, the work ethic, you know. Might not be there for basketball, which is fine, but that but that's what separates it. And I love that's what I loved about it. And I loved watching, you know, if you guys ever, if you haven't gotten Showtime, I can't recommend it if it's still, I hope it's still on there. Kobe Bryant's muse, mm. where he talked about coming back from the Achilles injury, yeah, and the hours, the hours spent to come back from that—an injury that would literally cripple a person, that they would be done. He drove himself back to playing at an elite level. And the other one I would recommend watching is the the thirty for thirty that I did with Spike Lee. Yeah, the thirty for thirty is excellent. It is absolutely excellent. It's my it's. I, I mean, I like a lot of the 30 for 30s, but that's my top one. Yeah. That is by far, I can't recommend that enough to watch, especially now. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and but mean, no, that's just one area, though. You brought up Kobe with, you know, the defense on Jeremy Lin. That's just one area where, you know, he and Jordan were similar. Yeah. That, you know, he's just trying to bring out the best in everyone. I mean, it brought up the memory, you know, when of Jordan. You know, I saw a video on it a couple of years ago, and I had to dig it up. You know, Jordan and the, the Dream Team in 92 oh. when they were playing Croatia, and he and Scottie Pippen made it their personal job to shut down Tony Kukoc, yep. you know, who was the next darling of the NBA. Yeah, and was, was going to the Bulls. Well, going to the Bulls, <laughs> and, you know, everyone's talking about him being the next great thing for the Bulls and, like, kind of overshadowing Jordan and, and, Sc- and Scottie. And they told the entire Dream Team, we got this, and it was so bad that there's a video. I think it's I think it's on Facebook. If you look it up, you know, yeah, Jordan Kukoc, you know, whatever. That some of the Croatian teammates were going to Tony like midway through the third quarter, you know, going, "What did you do to them? Like, like, what did you do to piss them off? Because they've held him to only four points scoring for the entire game." You know, this was this was the next heralded great European basketball player. But that's another area where they were he and Kobe were similar. Well, when he did the dream team, this that the second, you know, the 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 second the, second the, the redeem yeah, well, team. the redeem team when it was him, Kid, and uh, Deron, uh, Darren Williams, and um, you know Chris Paul and LeBron, you know, was just flourishing. You know, that was really when LeBron was on his cusp. Uh, Melo was on that team and everything, and he and he saw the level of talent that was around him. 
and the leadership, you know, and what he and the respect and admiration that he had for Coach K, which goes and speaks volumes because of the, all the things that Coach K has done. You know, not even playing for him. You know, like I mean, yeah, there's the stories that had he had to gone to college, he would have gone to Duke, but he didn't. You know, and the admiration, respect that he had for Coach K. You know, when they did the dream, the the redeem team, and they talked about roles, Kobe deferred to LeBron mm-hmm. and said no. Let him and Melo be the lead. You know, let them score. I want to be the defensive guy. And he took it upon himself oh, yeah. to be the defensive monster that that team needed. Because when they went up against Spain, uh, especially in the in the medal round, they needed somebody to play defense. Yeah. Because Spain was lighting them up until Kobe said no more. And and that type of that type of leadership, that type of the again, it's just it all stems back to Mamba mentality. It all stems back to. Uh, that leadership, those were the things that separate him and brought him to the elite level. And I mean, goddamn, it's just it's it's something that today's kids are gonna miss. And I mean, it it's a shame that they won't be able to see that and hear that. No, absolutely. And, and to touch upon too with the Mamba mentality, and I know Pat was kind of alluding to it as well. When he tore his Achilles mm-hmm. in 2013, yep. and then came back and worked his tail off to come back to an elite level and obviously can only play a couple more seasons because, I mean, father time catches up with you. Especially well, and correct me if I'm that. wrong, wasn't the ruptured Achilles, wasn't that the one where, or maybe I'm confusing him with another player, where he ruptured it, was halfway off the court, realized he needed to take the free throws, came back and shot the free throws? I'm pretty sure that was Yes, him. that was that was okay. that exact moment. Okay. He, yeah. tore, he got fouled trying to drive, uh, tore his Achilles, was put, they were in the bonus, so he had, you know, the rule was that you had to shoot or the or whatever, and he went walked to the three throw line. Yeah, shot two three throws on a busted on, Achilles on a one Achilles, which is there's a reason why it's called your Achilles heel it's because a little, it's a little <laughs> integral to shooting. Yeah. yeah, and you know, shot the three throws, and then when they tried to get him to to be walked off or to help carry him off. No, 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 I'm walking. Which probably every doctor in the country is looking at that going, oh, my God, no, what are you doing? Yeah. Right. And obviously when he retired in 2016, still came back, went out, and I will say this is probably my favorite Kobe moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. The last game where he dropped 60 on Utah. Yeah. Which was amazing to watch on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Last night. I mean, I I got home from the the Seton basketball game. I kind of forgot it was on. Flipped the tube on. You know, we got home a little after nine, um, and I just sat on my couch and I watched it like it was a live game. I knew everything that happened. You know, I knew that he only had five points in the second quarter. I knew that he blew up in the second half, and I sat there and I watched it like it was live. Yeah, I mean that for me that is the Kobe moment. I mean he had so many Mm -hmm. on on the court, and as a Knicks fan. You know, never was a Lakers fan, but sure. respected what he brought to the table. And that's why I said we learned yeah. at a young age to respect greatness because I, when I was younger, I hated Jordan. Yeah. But then when I, you know, matured and realized what the Knicks had to go against, I it turned to admiration. You know, my, my the vileness that I had for him, it turned to, God, I yeah. really wish I would have appreciated this when I was younger, you know? I, I, I go through the same thing with Tom Brady right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, I, I, and I admit it. I know, Pad. Well, yeah. when when I turn, I mean, what Jordan probably retired when I was probably twelve, thirteen. Probably was the last round with the Wizards. Mm. So I mean, the Bulls stretch I didn't really get. You know, I was a kid. You know, like I understood their dominance because 
I saw them beat the piss out of the Knicks all the time, and I didn't get it. But when LeBron came through, I, I, or when Kobe came through, I learned. Yeah. I, you know, I understood what Jordan was. So when I saw Kobe come through and do the things that he did, I, I got it. And I loved, you know, watching the maturity. And I mean, another thing that goes unsaid is, you know, he, his work ethic and stuff all led to the point where, you know, that he was vilified among some teammates, you know, but he didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, yeah. that to me is what I love because when I was, I mean, I, and I didn't drink when I was younger, so I, I felt that's another reason why I related to him because when he got in the league, you know, he was 18. He couldn't go out and, and party with the team. Mm-hmm. So he would go back to his room and just watch tape. Yeah. And people didn't get that. Like, why you're a successful basketball player. You think anybody's going to stop you from coming in to a nightclub? But he didn't care because he I'm 18. I'm not going. You know, and, and so he would go back and watch tape and stuff. And, you know, when I was 18, that's how I felt. So that's another reason why I related to him. That's why, like... I just, I felt that connection in a way, I guess to say, you know, like I just, I admired him and, you know, it, and now, you know, and then when he retired, you know, everything that he was doing off the court, I mean, yeah. the uh, Mamba Center and, and building the, the venue for uh, athletes to go and train, you know, and he yeah. was there. It's not like this was a gym that he built and then just said, all right, you know, you run it, director of, of athletics and you know, I'll see you later. He was there. He was there on a daily basis. He was five, six he, days he a was, week. He was on his way there, you know, yeah. the day he unfortunately crashed. Right. You know, he, he was having a basketball camp there with a lot of kids who were excited to see him. You know, the one thing I'd read, and, you know, I can't say if this is true or not, but the one, the one thing I'd read was that he was on his way there f- to this camp with a whole bunch of kids. You know, his daughter was going to play in the, play in a pickup game. He was, yeah. he was going to coach. And now you had, you know, this look, God, it looked like maybe 100, 200 plus kids all in this gymnasium waiting to see their childhood idol. And now he's not there. Well, it just, like I say, it just, it's, it's so stunning and sad. And no, yeah, it is. Just, and, you just know, to it, have, you know, somebody like that. Like yeah. I say, for a lot of people, that is their sports hero to be taken away. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's why I say, you know, the, the only thing I can compare this to is when Thurman Munson died you know, in baseball for the New York Yankees, you, you know, Roberto Clemente, obviously, you know, the, the, the impactful, like, yes, there have been athletes that have died, you know, the last however many years, you know, since Thurman Munson has died, but you know, nothing that is young. And, and cause that's the thing. Yeah. Kobe was 41. That's still young. Right. You know, no, he's, very he, he still had a lot going. He still had a lot to do. You know, the Michael Wilbon for ESPN has been on, you know, every show they've got over there and saying just how involved in with storytelling Kobe was that he really wanted to get into storytelling and all its aspects and all its facets and, and just all this. And, and, you know, Wilbon wanted to interview him about it and say, Hey, what are you working on? What are you doing? What's your thought? What's your process? And and, in typical Kobe fashion, no, not ready yet. I got to get my head around it. I got to be the best I can be. I mean, and that leads to today. What, what the NBA is doing, you know, let's also respect those uh, players Yeah, and everything that they've done to, to pay tribute to somebody that, you know, helped transition the game and lead Mm -hmm. it to the place that it is today. Um, I mean, uh, from Trey Young, you know, wearing the number eight jersey to the half court violations to the twenty four second shot clocks to yeah, you know the the Lakers organization as a whole. I mean, uh, I read LeBron's post while watching that final game last night mm-hmm. on Monday night, and I didn't think I had a tear left. 
and that brought more out. You know, yeah. I mean, his post was was highly powerful, and you know, I I I hope that, and uh, you know, I uh, the story comes out today that players now are gonna you know self retire the number eight and the number twenty four, and nobody's gonna wear it. You know, so Spencer uh, Dinwiddie of the uh, Nets already changed jerseys from eight to twenty six, which right. is. Which is which, awesome. Which and it's unheard of for them to allow them to change numbers midseason because we can think back to the preseason where right. you know LeBron wanted to change his number so that Anthony Davis could wear it, but the league wouldn't let him do it because all the stuff was already all printed. The jerseys all, were made, all yep. of, so they had to wait till next year to do it. So normally they wouldn't let players do this, but given the circumstances, you know they're letting them do it. And you know there's been a lot of talk and a lot of calls for the NBA to retire eight and twenty four league wide. The Dallas Mavericks have I've gone so far as to retire the number twenty four. Yep. You know, if they do it, cool. If they don't, I won't be upset by it. You know, I'd love to see the NBA do something, you know, in tribute to Kobe. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it should be. I know what it is. Because as uh, Chris Broussard said on uh, Fox Sports 1, that was either yesterday or this morning, nothing like this has ever happened in the NBA. Yes, Yes, you've had great players die in the past. But in terms of, like, every NBA MVP, only two of them have ever passed away. That's Wilt Chamberlain. And Moses Malone, and they were both very old, 60, 60 plus years old. Right. So that's at least a little. All right, you're a little older. Natural causes, you know, what have you. Nothing has ever happened to this extent with the NBA, where you have somebody so young, still got a lot of life ahead of them, that just suddenly passes away. Change the logo. That's my yeah. Answer. That's 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 the next step. It could happen. I um, I don't see at this point when even Jerry West says. The things that he said about Kobe, that he was the greatest player and the greatest Laker and greatest whatever, that I don't know how you don't. And I think that that being next year when it's, you know, he was up for the Naismith Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. announcing that, you know, in his honor, since he won't be able to give a speech, mm-hmm. being able to change the logo then, that would be yeah. the classiest of class moves that the NBA as a whole could do. I could see them doing it. I think right now, though, they're in shock like everybody else. Yeah, so, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying they need oh, to no, announce no, no, it no, tomorrow. No, 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 no. Yeah. But like I say, I'm sure they're going to come up with something. That's, yeah. my, that's what I'm trying I, to say with that. I, what, I, and what I also hope is that the, at the All-Star break, that this is not about who's playing, but they make the All-Star game about Kobe, considering that he played in 18 of them. I would imagine they're, yeah, like they're, they're Yeah, they're <laughs> going to do something. Yeah, no, I just... I mean, I know I, I mean, know the the uh, Academy, the Film Academy, the, the Oscars are already planning something for when the Oscars air later this year. I, I hope, and I saw somebody report that, you know, or not report, but um, suggest that all the players should either wear 8 or 24. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. No. And I just... I, I really do. I think it's the it's the classy move to update the logo. I mean, it's twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, I did. You know. I, there was there have been people, you know, graphic artists who are very more talented than I am. Sure, designing stuff out there. I did see somebody. You know, it might have been Boss Logic, the famous graphic designer who does a lot of posters and and comic stuff. Uh, you know, but he's a big NBA fan. I I did. I think he posted one design that. You know, it's very similar to what they have now, and in its first glance, you might not notice the difference, right. but but it does look very similar to what they have now. So that's definitely doable. No, it definitely is, and like I say, the NBA, NBA is going to have time to think about it yeah. over over the off season. I think the immediate reaction you'll see at the All Star break, right? Without question, I I wouldn't doubt you'll see one team is all eight and the other team is all twenty four. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt seeing that. And then, like I say, for the off season, 
I imagine they're going to do. They'll have a very big tribute, as they rightfully should. And and uh, you know, just as you know, um, a father of a daughter who plays basketball. I mean, uh, the what he did, not only for a youth organization level, because he avidly talked about the fact that you know kids play on these rims that are ten feet and it develops bad shooting habits. So he was trying to work with, uh, you know, the basketball commission to getting some sort of standardized hoop where it's lowered so these kids don't develop bad shooting habits um so that and coupled with the the uh presence that he had in the uh promotion that he had for the WNBA mm-hmm. you know his his presence and everything there for you know speaking for women's basketball you know at a time where it's uh, you know it's an afterthought and mm-hmm. I know I'm guilty of it you know I'm I, I'm sorry, I, I will admit it, but you know, his his openly his openness uh in regards to talking about it and promoting it and, and being an advocate, you know, for the WNBA, mm. you know, was um something that I think is really gonna be missed by the WNBA too because I mean, he was their number one <laughs> spokesperson, really. Yeah, I, I forget who it was, but somebody in that organization called him the future WNBA commissioner. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why they have the whole hashtag girl dad on, on going out right now on Twitter yeah. and social media. And rightfully so, because he was so proud of his daughter, right. Gigi. And it was funny because they said somebody said to him in an interview, like, you know, you got to have a son to take over legacy. Oh, no, right. no, yeah. no, and it, she was, immediately, it was a kid. It was yeah. a kid on the street. It was whoever. And, he, and she immediately jumped and said, Dad, I got this. Don't you worry. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, just to see the Mamba Sita as, <laughs> as they were trying to trademark. Well, no, he, he filed that trademark like two years ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just as a, as a father with a girl who plays basketball. I mean, when I was watching, I mean, we, we have a group chat for the basketball team. You know, I after the news came out, I said, guys, keep the girls close tonight. You know, I mean, hug them. Tell them that they did a good job. I mean, they, they played, a, they had a close game that day. And, you know, the whole time it was. You know, I was cheering with a heavy heart, <laughs> and it was hard to stay focused on the game. So it's like, you know, his voice will be missed at a youth level because of what he was trying to advocate there. I mean, I just – and I had two more kids that just played basketball at the youth level this year, and I watch Olivia play on a 10-foot hoop. And, you know, all the things that he was working on with trying to develop that, it's true because they develop shit shooting habits mm. because they tr- they're so little. Yeah. They're three feet tall, and they're trying to shoot on a rim – that's yeah. seven feet above their head. So yeah. they just hoof the ball up there, and they, they develop bad habits that take years to to break down and, and correct. So that's something that I hope, you know, somebody else picks up the ball and runs with. And I hope that somebody, you know, can a- continue to advocate for the WNBA and, and work with them um, and be a spokesperson. I mean, obviously I know that they will do something in, in the future when their season starts. Yeah, um, And then just – also, real quick, you know, the, at the game, uh, Seton, you know, it was their senior night for the varsity girls. Uh, they held a moment of silence mm-hmm. for, for you know, Kobe and, and Gigi and the plane, you know, the helicopter victims. And I thought that was a classy move because, I mean, it wasn't felt here. You know what I mean? You know right, what I mean? Like right. it wasn't, it, you know, it was here in New York and these are girls playing basketball with no, you know, they're all older than G. So they don't know. They don't you know, see it, you know, they probably weren't even, you know, of age when Kobe was in his prime, you know, I mean, they're all 18. Um, 
and they did that and i thought that was such a it was such a classy move and i loved every second of it you know during that moment of silence i thought that was such a a, a nice gesture to do and, and you know for me as probably many of the other fathers that were in the building that night who were big kobe fan i'm sure it probably meant a lot to them too yeah it just to show what his legacy has left i mean it it touches upon anybody who's played the sport so i mean and around the sports world too i mean the nfl released a press release about it because obviously the pro bowl was going on during the and they did a night they they were top shelf too during that with the moment of silence during the game yeah wwe released uh they mentioned during their their programming just to show where it connects to you know not just sports but just around everybody i mean uh we had one of our podcast friends uh, discount podcast chimed in and they said you know we're not much of traditional sports fans over here but there's no denying that kobe made a huge impact in the nba and the sport in the whole he will be missed by fans and people everywhere condolences to his family friends and teammates and i i think that just goes to show just how much kobe's legacy reaches out mm-hmm. yeah and especially for this tragedy too it takes it away from just being a sports because I, I know that yeah. the focus has been on kobe and his daughter and i know other people we're in that helicopter, but yeah. it, but Kobe is a very public person. The other ones are private persons. If right. you go through that, and we, we I talked about this on the Three FN show, Three uh, FNW. The, the the attention is on Kobe because of who he is and and his stature is taking away nothing from anybody. Right, else. you know the this gravitas just, that yeah. he carried. I mean, you you can't you. We live in a reality, you know. Yeah. I right, mean, right, and it was a situation that I think everybody just kind of went, you know, especially myself, where you know I was at work, you know, I had a coworker tell me came up and told me oh hey my wife just told me that you know kobe went down in a helicopter neglected to mention the fact that you know he had passed right so i just knew he went down in a helicopter and in my head i'm thinking oh okay he's not dead he's just really hurt right you know okay and i i'm like wow he's like yeah tmz said i'm like yeah they're usually right about those things and i pulled out my phone and my phone wasn't blowing up with like notifications and all the stuff that he had passed yet so i'm like oh okay yeah he must be really hurt so, you know, about five, ten minutes later, I pull out my phone again. I've got a message from my brother and a message from my mom. And my brother said, has mom messaged you yet? I go, yeah, but I'm just now seeing it. He goes, okay. And then I, my mom messaged me and she said, holy shit. And I go, what? And she took a picture of the TV she was watching, you know, whatever news channel. was. Right. And, and I finally saw for the first time and I'm like, what? Like, I just, for the longest time for me that afternoon, one plus one was not equaling two. No. That, like, I just couldn't process it. My brain just wouldn't allow it to go through and it, that he was gone. It just like, no. What? No. no. And that's and that's just where it hits home. It's just when you hear about tragedies like this, it just doesn't feel real. I, I am also on board with I've, one of his former teammates tweeted uh, that 824 should now be known as Kobe Bryant Day. Mm. And I am 1,000% behind that. Yeah, I'm alright with that. I am. I don't. If nobody else celebrates it, by God, this guy will be. I guess in closing, I mean, final thoughts and and favorite Kobe moment on the court. Yeah, let's get on a high there. Let's end that that way because that's what Kobe would want. You know. Yeah. Uh I mean, all in all, I just my thoughts, my prayers, obviously, with all the families um, that were affected by this. Um, you know, I obviously am feeling it too, so you're not alone. Uh, I'll go ahead, Pat. I gotta... No, yeah, um, definitely thoughts and, and well wishes go out to, you know, obviously the Bryant family, you know, and everyone else, his family who was on board the helicopter. You know, I, I wish you all the best and, and hope that you can find, 
you know, some way to look back on, you know, those family members lives with, you know, a, a, a smile and a reverence. You know, I hope you find some sort of peace. You know, obviously you may never find closure, but I hope you find some sort of peace moving forward with that. Uh, as for favorite Kobe on the court moment, it's probably got to be, you know, whatever year it was where, you know, they were playing, playing Portland in the, in the playoffs and he lobbed it to Shaq, you know, oh, yeah. and, and just that call, you know, that play and that call, you know, the lot Bryant to Shaq yeah. and just the crowd, it, you know. It's it's wrestling fans will get it. It's on par with when Stone Cold came in to help mankind win the title. In terms of how loud that crowd was, it I'm a in terms of sporting events, I'm a sucker for when the crowd gets really loud and like you can barely hear the announcers. So that right there has got to be my favorite Kobe moment. Uh, yeah. So I'm I think my favorite Kobe moment is uh that Christmas where they played the Knicks in those horrendous orange jerseys, but oh, it was God. yeah. <laughs> But it was uh, Carmelo and Kobe, uh, you know, and they were just the, you know, the the embrace that they had, you know, to start the game, and then just the fourth quarter that they had, just going back and forth, bucket after bucket after bucket after bucket, um, was tremendous. And then uh, my second favorite moment uh, is the Chris Childs moment. Yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> that just that never, you know, because. Uh, you know, being a Knicks fan, you know, I was pro Nick, you know, and I just remember everybody was, you know, thinking that Kobe wasn't tough, you know, and Chris Childs stepped to him and Chris Childs, not no pushover for no, being a small guy. No. And, uh, Kobe didn't back down a beat. And I mean, he was willing to go fist to fist. So, I mean that right there, I mean, I would, you know, not that it's like a high, but I just, I, that moment sticks out so much in my mind because of the fact that everybody was like, "Kobe's soft. He's not a tough guy. He wouldn't, you know, he won't step in. He won't step in to face you." And Chris Childs pushed him, and Kobe didn't back down a mi- minute. And then that just leads to Matt, you know, the Matt Barnes fake ball toss. Oh yeah. where, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's those type of things that the mental toughness that you look at that I just respect the hell out of, and I we we just won't ever ever see that again yeah i think my other favorite one's got to be when he went into the garden and dropped 61 on the Knicks, and then proceeded to blame the entire thing of him dropping 61 points on spike Lee. yeah he looked at spike you know there's a longer story spike has if you can find the interview he go did on, Sports on Center. youtube and find it the 30 for 30 is on youtube you know spike did an interview on sports center the other day on sunday when he passed you know and told the longer story but the long and the short of it is Kobe went into the garden, dropped 61 on the Knicks, and then looked at Spike after the game and said, this is all your fault. Hell yeah. And I'm fine with it. I mean, that's one moment that stands out. Uh, Like I said, for me, it was his last game because there was nothing on the line. It was his last hurrah coming back from the Achilles. Right, and especially if I remember right, like a couple of days before Shaq was, they were asked talking about it on Inside the NBA, and Shaq was like, oh, yeah, he's probably going to, knowing Kobe, he's probably going to go and drop like 40, 50 or something crazy like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then he interviews him after the game, and go, Shaq goes, yeah, I said you were going to drop you know, 40 or 50. I mean, I didn't know you were going to go and drop 60. Yeah. Yeah, and just to see how he wanted to end his legacy because he didn't want to be remembered as somebody that came back from an Achilles tear that – just, just didn't have just it. Just didn't have it and was yeah. a shell of his former self. He showed this whole Mamba mentality that he wanted to defeat you in the worst way possible. That was his drive. That was his obsession. That is what made him into the player that is respected by everybody that is currently in the NBA because, like we say, 
he is the driving point that influences your LeBrons mm-hmm. and your current generation that's coming in now. Oh, yeah. Guys like Luca, Trey, you know, the list goes on. Uh-huh. And it's games like that that shows how if you put the work in, you can accomplish damn near anything. To come back from an injury like that, which few players have came back to that level and been at such a high standard, Kobe went out on his shield. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show about his drive, his ethic, and really where he wanted to go when he left because immediately once he's retired, the focus was on his family and grooming his daughter into the next superstar that was going to be taking over and just really focusing on life after basketball. That this whole tragedy just hits so much harder because you take away the escapism of sports and you see nine people died. Yeah. Family, you know, mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters. Yeah, however you want to break it down. It's just, it hits you in such a degree that is just numb to think, and especially for somebody that you see on TV and all over the place that, like I say, hours prior was congratulating LeBron about taking over his spot. say hours prior was messaging Shaq's son on Instagram. So to see that, I mean, it just, it hits you as a human being to say there is no such thing as a guaranteed day, and the moments you're in you need to make the most of. Kobe's legacy will live on for many years to come. The influence he has on players or basketball fans or people in general, just seeing his work ethic and what he's accomplished, it truly hits you when you break it down. To take nothing away from everybody else who passed away because from all of us here at the ODPH, our thoughts, prayers, and thoughts are with the families, friends of everybody affected by this terrible tragedy. But for Kobe to see the legacy that he's leaving behind, it's truly something that has brought people into like more of a perspective of just appreciating every day. And we just say rest in peace, Kobe. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. You can keep the conversation going on hashtag ODPH. We'll be right back. I'm Midnight Agent Raw, and I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast, and each week we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on. We're on. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. So let's bring the energy back up, shall we, guys? Yeah. Sure. I, I thank you guys for letting me have that time and space. I no, needed that. No, I feel no. better. Let's get it going. Hell yeah, let's get it going. I mean, obviously, we all needed a vent. Obviously, the tragedy, and, and we do extend our rest in peace. But now it's time to bring the energy back up. 
Hopefully we can do it with talking some wrestling because it was a big weekend going on. Yeah. Royal Rumble time in the WWE. Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> so obviously the biggest event going other side of uh, WrestleMania, yep. I should say the lead into WrestleMania. Happened at the Royal Rumble from Houston, Texas, home yep. of the Houston Asterix. Yep. And <laughs> shout out to the person that had the sign about Lana being cheating more than the Houston Astros. That <laughs> that made was, me laugh. That was incredible. I didn't see that, the, but the, that sign, yeah. the, sign, the sign game was on point. Yeah. yeah. So let's just focus on the two Royal Rumble matches. Sure. So the women's match did anger me on Twitter who won. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I was kind of vocal with with many of her uh, fellow podcasters, Super Media Bros, Goes to Stratosphere. Pina Comics, uh, 3FN, Colin Ginter. I mean, the list goes on. Andre Driven. Charlotte Flair pulls off the win mm-hmm. in a very heavy NXT laid uh, ro- Women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. I mean, I think that the NXT women's roster is probably the, the deepest yeah. as yeah. far as the yeah. two brands, yeah. as far as pure talent. So it makes sense, you know, having those girls um, mix in, you know, and be in that. Um but yeah, Charlotte winning was just I mean, I was watching it and when it got to the final two, I was like, No, this guy yeah. this has to be Blazer. Like right. there's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah. yeah. But then I started you know, Charlotte started and what scared me was the Blazer throw to Charlotte uh into the steel steps. Cause the, when I saw that I go, Oh no, they're gonna do some bullshit where Blazer thinks that she won not realizing that Charlotte's on the outside and then dumps her while she's celebrating. Yeah. So that had already started the wheels, yeah. you know, turning in my mind of, oh, boy, Charlotte is about to win this. And then when they got to the final two and Blazer had the upper hand, I was like, all right, maybe, you know, because it wasn't the surprise Charlotte's back in right. the ring, she dumps her. Right. So I was like, all right, Blazer still might go over. And then when Charlotte won, I was like, oh, no. No, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with, the, I got to say, with the Women's Royal Rumble is, yeah, Charlotte won it, but I would say, you know, she's the individual that won it, but in terms of who won the Rumble overall, I would have to say it's NXT, because you look at some of the folks, that they, the women they had in that matchup, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Chelsea Green, Dakota Kai, you, you know, Mercedes Martinez, Mia Yim, you, you know, you the list goes on and on and on, you know, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, you know, Tegan Knox, Tony Storm, Zia Lee, that... NXT had the best performance, and I would say their women's division comes out looking real good. Absolutely. You had to be super impressed of what the NXT women's division brought to the table. And Shayna Baszler was my odds-on favorite to win. Yeah. We talked about it on I the mean, show last week. All, I think we all picked Blazer, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yes. So, obviously, the big curveball happened, but I'm going to allude to a little bit later of why I'm actually okay with Charlotte winning now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, let me tell you why I'm not, because... I mean, as of right now, and the what you foresee happening minus what's been reported today. All right, so let's remove that out of your minds real quick. We have uh, Becky Lynch as the champion, yep, mm-hmm. and we have Bailey as the champion. Correct. Charlotte has had numerous, numerous, unimaginable millions of matches with these two. So. Really, I have no interest in, and we just got Becky Charlotte last year. Mm-hmm. We got Bailey Char- Charlotte at uh, SummerSlam, right, or some pay per view. I mean, it was recent. Yeah, we just got that match, and now here we are again with her being the Royal Rumble winner and l- staring in the face of facing one of those two. Where I mean, Blazer Becky would have been fantastic, you know. Bailey's got a program right now. Obviously, we. I, I mean, I. 
I don't want to see. I'm sick of seeing Charlotte Bailey. We, yeah. It's been done. And the Becky, I mean, maybe the the Becky Charlotte thing could have been a great story because you know Charlotte, they could have played on the fact that it was supposed to be Charlotte versus you know uh, uh, Ronda, and mm-hmm. you know Becky had to get in the way of things, and you know you cost me my title match, you know cost me my title last year, blah blah blah. So they could play that card, which I guess would make for a compelling story, wouldn't make for a compelling match to me. Um, so uh, that's why I was this. I was just like, I've, we've seen it, you know, yeah. and 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 not to and unfortunately for me, Charlotte's got the the Roman stink. Yeah, she's already up there, and we already know that she's going to be in the title picture no matter what. She doesn't need to win the Rumble, you mm-hmm. know. Go ahead. Well, no, I mean, I th- I'm, it's kind of the same thing though. Like, I, and I don't want to say it's just Charlotte's got the Roman stink. I would say arguably the upper echelon of that women's division, uh, you know, on Raw and SmackDown have the quote-unquote Romans think about it because, you know, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Becky, are you, like, established, like, always in some form or another going to be floating around the title picture? Mm-hmm. Who else is in that upper echelon that, like, it, nobody else? Because it, it, they've not developed them right. And, and you've got some other women on that, you know, Asuka's obviously won. But when's the last time Asuka got a legit title run that wasn't her NXT run? You know, they've got other women on that division, you know, that can make a run and can do great things with the title. But just for whatever reason, when it comes time to change the title, all right, which of the four horsewomen are we going to plug in there to win the title? Right. I mean, that's who they've been really pushing for the past couple of years. And this is where I'm kind of leading to a point because I was going to talk about this a little later. But I think from what I said on the uh, 3FNW show, 3FNers podcast, I was co-hosting with Rich this week and find on E122Productions.com. I actually said if Charlotte winning, she should fight Rhea Ripley from NXT. Mm-hmm. And it's rumors are leaking that might happen. That makes the most sense to me because it's a new face to face Charlotte. Rumor, rumors are saying you'll find out Wednesday. Yes. I that I mean, yes. That's like the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, because, because it's it's the it's the Seamus Randy Orton thing. Do you really want to see Randy Orton and Seamus face each other again? Do right. You, do you really want to see Becky versus Charlotte for the umpteenth time? No. And but at the same time, though, I mean, yeah, I think Rhea, Rhea you know, is, is uber talented for being only twenty three years old. Um, obviously, now the NXT Women's Champion, you know, care NXT Champion. Right. They did make the, the change. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, um, I uh, I just. I, uh, I just I don't know I just uh, for I, me I, for me it's an intriguing story yeah like, it is that you look at Survivor Series and how that all played out and everything right, leading right. up to that so there's that you can definitely I think have some fun with that and I think it'd be good you know for NXT you know not that they need it but it'd be it'd be fun to see Charlotte down there again just kind of like wrecking shop and taking names I just I don't want to see I don't want to see Charlotte as that champion you know I mean I I don't want to see her on Wednesday night because that division doesn't need her you know I mean right. It doesn't need to be elevated. It already is the the depth and the talent that they have. Although there isn't like a, a Becky Lynch or the Four Horsewomen as there was five years ago when all those girls were down there. Mm-hmm. The roster is still deep enough to the point that when I when there's a women's match on, it's not like all right, I got immediately you know either turn it off or not pay attention because they are captivating. I mean, Candice. Uh, Larray is one of the most talented pure wrestlers yeah. mm-hmm. on that entire roster, and I love watching her matches. So I don't necessarily think that they need her to do anything. 
You no, know? No, they don't. But the only thing I could see with Charlotte going down there for is if they really are still trying to. Not that they need to sell to us. The wrestling fans have been watching since day one. Right. But if they really need to put over NXT as a third brand, its own entity, and if they don't, now I don't agree with the statement I'm going to make, if they don't feel that Rhea Ripley's done enough or the brand stands out on its own enough, because I think it does, having Charlotte face that champion does elevate the status. Because of Charlotte's pedigree. Well, and the name carries weight that if you advertise on a, say, SmackDown or a Raw, that, hey, tune in on this Wednesday, you know, at 8 o'clock Eastern to NXT on the USA Network, where Charlotte Flair is going to go down and take on, you know, insert, you know, wrestler here. I think that you got a lot of people who know the Flair name and know what comes with that. They might not watch NXT. They might watch AEW or they might watch something else that's on TV that night and go, oh, wait a minute. Charlotte's going to be on that. I might have to give that a shot. Yes, and I think it's a brilliant move on that point to give somebody new. I'm just hoping they don't feed Rhea to Charlotte. I know it's right, on some other podcast. That's what I'm afraid of. Like, I, again, just said, 23 years old, Charlotte, obviously veteran. Uh, the NXT title probably would look great around her waist it would cap it would catapult uh wednesday nights as must watch tv i just uh, i don't they don't need her on wednesdays no i don't i don't think yeah i agree i don't think they need her but i think if she did she did go down there because i think right now either she can go to smackdown and run roughshod over there on becky you can't have her over there if she's going to be in the championship talk because we've already seen that match Sending her to NXT is not a demotion if that could be made into her brand. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by this is because Shane is going to be eventually getting called up. Bianca Belair, I think, is getting called up soon, too. Oh, yeah, guaranteed. Especially after her performance in, in the Rumble. I think that they can do a little shuffling of the deck and send Charlotte down. It's not a demotion, and I think it could work. So we'll have to kind of see where it goes from there. And I think that would free up Becky and Shayna, yeah. which is the match everybody wants to see. But the question I'm posing now to, to the panel here. What happens with Bailey? Because Sasha Banks is yet again injured from all the points we've been hearing. Mm-hmm. Who does she face at Mania? Well, I, you know, again, it's there's not really a lot of women on the SmackDown side that I would say are quote unquote worthy to have a, a title opportunity. Maybe they settle something at a, they set up something at Elimination Chamber, and mm-hmm. and you have something go that way. But I think if they don't go that route. You know, this might be an easy way out. This might be a cop out. You you bring in a legend. You know, if if Beth Phoenix is able to go, because I know Lord have mercy, she got you know the back of her head cut open pretty pretty bad on during the Royal Rumble. Oh my God! You yeah. know, woof. Not you know. So assuming there's nothing long go- ongoing that like she has to sit out for a while, you maybe bring in a Beth Phoenix, and if Beth Phoenix isn't able to go, maybe bring in Alita. I think Bailey is going with uh, the feud, continuing with. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. I think to that's, Mania. I I think somehow, some way, if it's not Sasha, and I don't want it to be Sasha because I love the two of them together. Yeah. And I'm tired of them flipping back and forth. Sasha, just leave her for here, maybe until SummerSlam. Like leave it and let it go. Um, but I just I I know they love Lacey, and you can tell they love Lacey. Oh yeah. And you can tell that they love the idea of her family, mm. and I won thousand percent could see that magic moment at wrestlemania where lacy finally topples the evil bailey who beats her up in front of her family 
and does it, you know, and pins her one, two, three, and the daughter, you know, the Kofi yeah, moment. Da- yeah, Kofi the moment. daughter comes in the ring. Her husband comes in the ring. There's this embrace, and fireworks go off, and Lacey Evans has done it. She's defeated the evil Bailey. So I 1,000%. That is a WWE story to a T, you know? See, I'm going to go the alternate route. I think that Lacey doesn't have that match at Mania. I, I'm, I'm going to stick to a gun and think that since we're on the comeback trail of some people – I think Beth Phoenix is going to get the shot just because the nostalgia pop that was at the Rumble. Yeah. And plus, it's a name that Bailey could face at Mania. It's a Mania match. And it, when Bailey wins, it won't hurt. So, I, where I think that they go with Beth is her and Natalie face Asuka and the Kabuki. I can see that. Yeah. I can I, see that. That's where I think that they go with that because, you know, sisters from a different mister. Versus, you know, the Kabuki Warriors and that storyline of them being so tight. And here's Natalie and Beth who are also so tight in the older generation. And, you know, the Warriors can tell the story of nobody can beat us. Nobody, they're the, nobody. You know, they're tough and they're hard, yeah, they're they're hard they're, enough that the green mist might not work on them. Yeah, that they're the toughest and the best and nobody can beat them uh, from today's class. And then in comes the two veterans to say, you know, not so fast, you know. So I really, I think that writes itself too. And obviously, everybody getting on the card is always important, so I'm sure that they'll probably throw in some more tag teams. But I think the money is in, especially after what Beth Phoenix just went through yeah. and the toughness that she just showed, I mean, her and Asuka in the ring together yeah. would be tremendous. I'd be okay with that. I just don't want to see Santina involved in any which way, <laughs> shape, or form. You know Greatest what, wrestler though? of all time. I honestly, uh, given what Sunday was, that moment for me was probably the highlight of the Royal Rumble. That, and yeah. I know it got absolutely shit on on social media yeah, and people were like... Yeah. Guilty as charged. Yeah, I, but for me, like just seeing him in there... I thought it was funny. Yeah, I thought, like, honestly... Because the, the, you know, the music hit and the name popped up and, I, and I'm sitting there I'm like, who? And then they, they did a close-up shot on who it was and I realized it was who it was and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, and then when he did the thing and he did... You the know, self-elimination. Yeah, the self-elimination because he, I can't remember the two girls who was who were next it was, to him. No, it was Beth and it was uh, Natty. Beth yeah. and Natty. So, perfect. And yeah, Beth, was staring, line, yeah. Beth, and Beth was staring daggers. Yeah, and just for him to break it out and then be like, eh, never mind, boop, and I, then do it to himself. Like, that moment of levity was like... Like I, I la- I probably laughed, and I know I'm going back to the previous thing, but I probably laughed out of that because of the emotional state that I was in, though. Yeah. That I needed that laugh, so I thought that was real good. And for you guys who shit on it, no offense, Ken, come on, pull the stick out. All right, it was all in fun. No, I understand it was all in fun, but I guess at this stage for me, and like I say, I understand the fun point. I get it. Sure. But with the women's revolution taken off as much as it is, I didn't think it was needed there. Right, and I get, and, and I understand and your and point. That's my point right. with it. So, but I mean, for that though, I just say it was, it was in all, it was in fun. You know, I mean. Oh, and yeah, and I, I get it. Like I said, I was just like really like okay, because like I thought you could put like Billy Kay or Peyton Royce in there or somebody. Well, we where have they been? I was thinking about that the entire. I don't know. Is, um, are one of them hurt? I, no, I. Th- well, I, I want to think they went back home with everything going on in Australia. Oh, okay. I want to think that because okay. if I'm not mistaken, so if I I'm just, wrong, I just, mean, I, I know apologize. I'm bringing this up mid segment here, but I was thinking about that the whole time during the Rumble because I was like, I was definitely expecting Lita. Mm-hmm. I was maybe thinking, you know, possibility of a Trish, not likely. Like that was like, 
yeah. you know, a, a very unlikely thing. Because, like, the Kelly Kelly thing threw me for a loop. I was not anticipating that at all. No, I heard that she was a sub for uh, or, uh, Sasha. Yeah. So that's what that was. And then Sasha not being in it was weird to me. So, I mean, and then not seeing, you know, Peyton and. Yeah, like I said, if, if memory serves me right, I think that they were heading with, obviously, everything going on with Australia. Okay. They were heading back home to be with family right Which now. is. Per- we're perfectly, perfectly fine, fine. Yeah. yeah i mean if that's the case i just it's been weird because i hadn't seen him on tv recently so but right. I, I mean the the rumble match in itself though was booked really well you know yeah. like in it in of itself because uh, the problem with rumble matches is that it can get bogged down and can be you know too much to pay attention to and all that but i thought they booked it very well the the spacing the eliminations were done very well um I, yeah, I thought it was a very, and I thought it was better than last year's Rumble. I th- I thought so too. I th- I thought flipping to the men's side now. The men, oh no, oh, I'm no, saying women's, women's last oh, year women's, versus yeah, women's yeah, today. Yeah, no, I yeah, th- yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. I thought I thought both Rumble matches were perfect this year. Oh my god, I, I, I so my wife hated the men's and I loved I, every freaking second. Of Brock it. I, was I the, the MVP. I loved the second half of the Rumble. Like the, the first part got a little long in the oh, tooth. Oh, I loved it. That I is, was like more. More. Who's coming out next? Goodbye. That, More. Who's next? From, Goodbye. From everything that happened with Brock Lesnar coming in, number one, and, and the quest to take WrestleMania off and eliminating everybody, which he did a great job with. Because every time he got one more out, I was like, motherfucker's going to do it. Like, yeah, he's he, he going to go all 30 he, right he, now. He's he going to run train. Until the man, the myth, the legend, bask in his glory came in the ring. Oh, and which, we got the moment. We got the we moment. We got the moment. Which I was, I know, like uh, Ghost was talking about it on on Twitter. Like that was the moment. If you wanted to set up that match for Mania, you could have. Yeah. Right. I just, I think it would have been too soon. No, way I, too I, soon. I think it's but, a tease for a future match. But I, but yeah, I think down the road. Oh hell yeah! I mean, and you know what though? Not only was Brock a monster, mm-hmm. the the charisma and the fun that it looked like he was having when was MVP's music oh, yeah. he was dancing oh my god uh, yeah, he's I'm doing, dancing he, right now he's, he's doing, doing the Brock little, right he, now he's doing a little shimmy uh, I was <laughs> awesome I was dying between that and the Sheldon Benjamin entrance from oh, that oh my god talk about just because I, I mean, I was like, they're they're going to team up right now, and yeah. which, which would have made sense given Brock yep. was looking a little sweaty, looking a little tired a little bit. So hey, get some you backup, know, and then yeah. Paul being the sna- you know, oh, it's so good to see you, Shelton. Like it looked like they had rearranged, you know, they prearranged it backstage. That literally, I mean, Aaron was like, "This is Sean. Come on, this match is terrible." I go, Aaron, I'm loving this. Now the other guy comes out, gets eliminated. Bobby Roode comes in, see ya. You know, or Robert Roode. Yeah. Uh, Ziggler hangs in there, luckily. You know, Rey Mysterio, out of here. Big E, gone. Kofi, out of here, you know? Some of those eliminations look dangerous as shit, though. Yeah, yeah there's one guy, There's one guy, I forget who it was, he suplexed him out of the ring. Oh, John oh, Morrison. God. John, John Morrison. Morrison got oh, my God. <laughs> he got shot-putted like Rey Mysterio going into the side of the trailer by Kevin Nash. Oh, my God. He comes in and... He, you know, he does his little acrobatic slide, you know, dive in through the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the two of them meet Boots, and you just saw the, the John Morrison just, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, shit. And then, you know, obviously they, they squirmished up a little bit, but then when Brock eliminated him, and he just, whew, I I mean, he John's lucky that he didn't tear his ACL land the way that he did because he landed Stiff legged. He, he landed very and, badly. I mean, and Brock was not 
helping anybody with these eliminations. But the no. way he no. was darting people. No, no especially like he, I know he did the double lift to Keith Lee and, and Braun, <laughs> which was just ridiculous in its own uh. right. And then then the overall winner yeah. came in, Drew Mack. Hey, surprised Bro. everybody. Called then, it. Well, I said I said I want they were going to set up the the interaction. So because I originally picked Roman was going to win, I was hoping right. Drew did. But I said that was going to be your WrestleMania match between those two, and they sure enough did it. They set it up. Drew eliminated him. Brock sold it. Yeah, yeah. Visually, I was afraid for a while though because you know Drew eliminated Brock, and then Brock proceeded to sit there for the longest time. And I and I said this while we were watching. I'm like, Brock's going to get involved in some oh, way and like yeah. eliminate somebody. Quick sidebar. We, they need to do away with the guy already eliminated, still able to eliminate somebody else rule. Yeah. That shit needs to go. That is the dumbest thing. Lana, like with Lana going back in after. Yeah, Liv, for the Liv uh, Morgan. Liv, Liv Morgan. Yeah. And then just in general, like, so my son has been watching Royal Rumbles because I was like, oh, the Rumble's coming up, Finn. Like, let's watch some Rumbles. So, you know, you get used to it and understand what it is. And the times that you go back and you see a guy already eliminated. Then go back in and eliminate somebody else. It's like that. If so, if Pat and I are in uh, Royal Rumble and I eliminate Pat, but Good then Pat comes <laughs> right. Sure, sure, sure. But then Pat yeah, comes Charlie in. Weiss. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> say that name and see what happens. <laughs> so Pat, you know, I eliminate Pat, but then Pat comes back in. He's been eliminated. Yeah. He should be. The rule should be. All right. Well, you're eliminated, so you're not in the match anymore. So your elimination of said wrestler X does not count. Mm-hmm. That should be the rule moving forward. I know that was a sidebar. Drew McIntyre, though,'s performance was superb. He yeah. looked and acted like a million bucks. The only thing I hate, and I know this is because he's a face now, is the countdown to the Claymore kick. Three, two, oh, yeah. one, boom. I hate that. I'm wonder- I, I, love, I love the whole he does the get up, get up, get up. Now I realize he's a face now, not a heel. That can still work for being a face. Yeah. Like I, I think part of that might have been playing into the Rumble. Yeah. It, the thing I, is, is he did it on Monday night but, too, though. Uh, he, he did it Monday night, but I could see him switching to like how Shawn Michaels did the super sweet chin music in the corner and, and start pounding, pounding his foot and then, foot, and then yeah. flying with yeah. it. I think it's going to happen. I, well, I mean, I just doing the emphatic like you're at a rock concert. Three, yeah, two. I just one. thought, I just thought he was feeling it. Like at the time, I mean, I didn't catch Raw. I only read about it, so. Um, I, I didn't know that he did that on Raw, which oh, no, sucked yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I thought he was just feeling it. And he was just like, let you know, the crowd's eating me up. Let me just fucking get anything in right now. Yeah. Um, but he I outside of that though, he was tremendous. He looked like a monster. He felt like a monster. He felt like somebody that could go into the match with Brock yeah. and it not be a I gotta low blow him to to finish him. <laughs> Three times. Yeah. You know, like or you know, 17 curb stomps like yeah. you feel like one claymore kick might actually take brock out and, and that's what's fun yeah and then we of course had the worst cup secret on the internet yeah uh, show up uh edge return yeah when that moment hit and and it, it go I, uh, I, I, I don't kill the camera guy i uh, no i'm not gonna kill the camera they ew'd it yeah yeah um, I got to give credit to whoever was in charge of hitting the music because if you go back and you watch any of the footage they posted they wait like a solid second between the buzzer hitting and hitting his music, perfect timing for the place to go. Oh, who's, oh my God, it's Edge. I uh, so listen. I mean, uh, the history is already there with them messing up and botching debuts. Because let's go back to AJ Styles. Yeah, when his music hit and you hear that, you heard that. Oh yeah, Arch! 
You know, yeah, and they're, that still, beat. they're still cut in on Roman. Yeah, and they're still cut in on Roman's and we, and face. We, and you're like, sitting, well, who is wait, it? Wait, who is it? Like, why is it? Why is Roman reacting this way? Three, why days, are later, fans? three days later, they come out with an alternate alternate uh, shot that was a million times better than what they showed. Yeah, yeah. so the, there's already a track record with the Rumble botching the introduction. So I was like, whatever. When we missed the first beer, all right, we miss it. But then we got the second one, so it was great. And, I mean, Edge looked like a million bucks. Yeah. I, I will say this. That, that was the moment of the for me. I just sat there in shock because knowing that how he came back from career-ending neck injury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot stress this enough. Like, he should not be doing this. I don't know how he got cleared. Uh, I know hashtag science. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> Wolverine. Hashtag yeah. adamantium skeleton. I don't know how you wanted to find it. But to see him come out and you saw literally that split second of joy and you could see him holding back from crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming out and his whole pyro came out. The whole place erupted. And he came in and looked a million bucks. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it looked real good. Him, I, him and Orton yeah. and, and, were the highlight. Next to Brock were the highlight of the Rumble. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure they've. They filmed it, but I hope that they filmed a 24 thing with him. Oh, they leading up to it because I really want to see the backstage reaction. Like some of the wrestlers who were backstage, like the women and the other wrestlers who weren't in the Rumble match, see their reaction. I want to see Beth's reaction. Well, maybe yeah, they're gonna have everybody. They're gonna do a 24 seven on that. I don't know. I, I want because see. when I mean he was in <laughs> negotiations with AEW up until rumored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who knows when he actually? But I'm talking just like the 24 hours leading up to that whole thing. Yeah, I really want to see like what the backstage wrestlers. Like, oh right, 365 were. versus 24 yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you'll get a 24 seven just the Rumble edition because. Yeah. No. I, I mean, who yeah. knows how long he had pencil? You know, put pen to paper. Well, I mean, and then and that's a million dollar question. We we don't know. There's still a lot we're going to hear Fuck, about. I mean, MVP came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, that got like, leaked. That got leaked. That got leaked. Right. I, yeah. Well, I know the guy posted the thing, like, what a jackass. But still, though, like, yeah. this is a dude who five years ago, five years ago, absolutely destroyed WWE as a company. Mm-hmm. From top to bottom, he ripped everybody apart and was open about ripping people apart and didn't second guess ripping people apart. And then all of a sudden, here he is, and now he's signed a deal? He signed a small run uh, deal. No, sure. he, he hasn't signed a deal. It's a small, it's a short run. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's going to be there still. for a couple of things and on his way out the door. Because he's 46 years old. Yeah, but, but at the end of the day, the wrestling business is one you never say never no matter what. Right. This is why we say CM Punk will be wrestling at some point. Some point. I mean, I from I mean, when we were here, that, that Punk storyline to me is money oh yeah i mean and that's that's fully happening like i'm gonna watch backstage tonight with intentions oh is punk on there tonight i, I think he is so okay. i definitely want to check it out and hear the reactions and let's just kind of roll this in because obviously we said drew mac won edge and orton definitely had the moment oh of the night. god their interactions uh, it, it felt like a, a bad cop good cop movie yeah like that's yeah. what it felt like you felt like you were like because yeah. or the two of them like hey hey you, you get him I'll get him? Yeah. Good? Okay. Like, it felt, you know what it felt like? Shawn Michaels at Triple H. Yeah, it did. In the fun DX days. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. It was a fun rated RKO reunion. Yeah. And obviously with Drew Mack eliminating everybody and pulling the fast one and getting over on Roman, too, which, Yo, which broke the internet. Because I, when they, I mean, when they were the last two, I because they already had the Brock moment. So it would have been very easy for them to book Drew versus Brock. Period. Without him needing to win the rumble, so I was very worried. I yeah. was like, Roman's about to win this. Yeah, which I, I seriously thought he was going to do, but then the internet won this one. <laughs> Drew Mac won. <laughs> Flip it to Monday night. Drew has announced officially he's fighting Brock 
everybody's on board with that. Charlotte still delaying her reaction. The rest of Raw, nearly nothing really to write home about, except Andrade is now suspended for failing the wellness policy. 30 so, days. So that's why he got the and notably, And notably, I don't think they're pulling the title from him. No, which is interesting, too. But Carrillo gave him that DDT, DDT on the cement and got the biggest pop I've ever seen and more charisma out of him than I've seen since he's been yeah. wrestling for yeah. WWE. Yeah. So let's see where that goes. Let's fast forward to the end, though. Edge. Doing his promo. Sure. Cutting yeah. the emotional. I'm back. This is how I came back. I have grit. Randy Orton coming to the ring. You know, the history is there. Obviously, the moment from Royal Rumble. He comes in. He's like, you know, why don't we do RKO one more time? Which Great. was rumored. Yep. Which, and then all of a sudden, bam, RKO out of nowhere. Edge sells it like a champ. Yeah. And then they he sets up, Orton sets up the concerto, freaking everybody out. And Edge, you want to talk about the little things to get over? When Edge is on the ground, you see his right hand twitching. Mm-hmm. And then they end and the And you show. want to talk about a master class in acting. you got to give credit to Randy Orton and just the time he let between, like, just all of his actions after he RKO'd Edge and Edge was laying there twitching and Randy was just standing there mm-hmm. and letting the crowd just sit there and simmer. Yeah. And just sit there and boil and boil and boil and boil. Because he knew he had them in the palm of his hand. Right. That yeah. whatever I do, they're going to boo the you-know-what out of me. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is genius. Yes. So, overall, Coach, your thoughts on Edge and uh, Randy for Mania? Because that's where we're going. I mean, I think this is great for Randy Orton. Uh, I think this is exactly what his character needed because um, he... He's just been so stale for so long. Yeah. And, you know, the heel turns, the face turns. Um, it's just, it's so back and forth. And you're just, you're so used to Randy Orton, the vintage Randy Orton, all that garbage. So it's just like, it's boring, you know? But now this feels fresh. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it feels personal, which I think is, um, which I think will make it fun because Randy Orton at, uh, at WrestleMania has been so vanilla, mm-hmm. so yeah. plain, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I I'm excited for it and I'm I think that's a good person to put Edge in the ring with for if he doesn't work up until Mania, yeah. which I mean we don't know. I'm just saying like if that's his first opponent going into Mania, that's a very smart and safe and, and safe, safe yeah. person to put him in the ring with yeah. because you know Randy's going to protect him. Randy's going to take care of him. Yeah. So I and I and I know that they can tell the story without needing the physical altercations every single week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's brilliant. Yeah, wrestling fans are in for a treat on yeah. this one. No, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely excited to see Edge wrestle at WrestleMania because much like I said last week with CM Punk, I've never gotten to see Edge wrestle in a match. Um, so that should be awesome to see. I'm also calling it now. Edge goes to do his entrance at WrestleMania. Those cannons on the pirate ship are going off. Oh, yeah. Along with all the multitude of fireworks that will go off, those cannons are going off something fierce. The only thing better would have been Cena got added, Mm. just with the history with all of them. Yeah, oh, God. Which it still could. Well, it still could. I mean, special guest referee, that would be pretty fun. Cena said that he wants to be back at Mania. Or just make it a triple threat and just have so extra protection for Edge. Yeah. I I don't want to see it, though. I'm just saying I I could understand it. No, I could, too. I I just, I don't know. John as a special guest referee would be a ton of fun, too, in this, you know? Uh, I'd be okay because he's got to promote Fast and Furious 9. Perfect. Which drops, the trailer drops Friday. Yeah, this is true. Uh, Are we changing gears? Because I just wanted to bring up NXT real quick. Sure. That Gargano... 
DIY Champa versus Mustache Mountain match. Go out of your way to watch that match. Worlds Collide was the best pay per view yeah. of the weekend. Oh my yeah. best god, card, top to bottom. Yeah. It that match between the four of those men were was fantastic. It got it was a little bumpy in the beginning, still feeling each other out a little bit. You know the clash and styles, but once they smoothed everything out and they were full gear uh, or full speed, it was ready to go. The main event, however, was scary. Ow. Was very scary. Walter, drop mic. Double suplex. I mean, not even just that. Just the t- their time. None of them had any smoothness to each other. Yeah, no, that was working as stiff as possible. Oh and, my god! Adam Cole's midair super kick. Ah, the mid yeah. the midair super kick, and then what Pad called because he goes, "We really need to see a chop spirit test between Roddy and yeah, Walter." Yeah, we know. Yeah, and oh, you, and that guy. I, I said deep. that. I said, I said they're coming out. I'm like, ooh, can we get – I just offhanded, like not knowing anything. I was like, oh, can we get a spirit test between Roddy and Walter? And Ken looked at me and goes, no, no, that, no. And sure enough, we got it. I, I mean, I was texting some other buddies, and I was just sent – I was just like stiff, stiff, capital letters, stiff. Like that match was – they were laying it in there, and there were spots where like even bumps, it was like, oh, oh they knew they my could take God. It. Well, I mean, some of them were well, like, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. And then, oh, no, they're doing it. And then, boom. And I'm like, that person's. I mean, I thought there was. Not only was the one uh, Imperium guy. Alexander Wolf guy. Wolf, knocked out legit. I thought other guys were also hurt by the way that they were like. I mean, Roderick Strong at one point rolled out of the ring and looked like he was, like, not moving. Yeah. Like, he rolled out of the ring and just, like, flopped on the ground. I'm like, I. And I saw officials go and check on him. I'm like, Shit, there go he's down. Mm-hmm. And then uh uh Walter took that bump on the table and I mean even that wasn't smooth and then yeah. the um oh my god, uh what, Fabian Eichner, Barthel Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly took a bump. He took the back chops. Yeah, he took the and I Which was always like, hurt worse. And I was like, Holy shit, he's down too. Like I mean, huh. It's still like all in all, the stiffness was fun to watch because you just don't see it, and that's the England style, and that's just how they work. Mm-hmm. But you could definitely see that, like it was like, Eesh. yeah, like I say, that whole card, top to bottom, Worlds Collide is worth a rewatch if you haven't seen it yet. Even the Finn match, Finn, the Balor Finn match, Dragonoff, yeah, Dragonoff was very stiff because you could you saw Balor's face turn from like, okay, you know, this is going to be a great match, we're going to have fun, to like. Oh no! Like, all right, you want to work me this way? Okay, here's you know that double stomp that he does off the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, he put them boots in. Like he was like stomp, you know, like he was stomp the yard. Like he was he was trying to land on the man's chest. Like you know, he busted his nose up a little bit. Like you could tell shit was getting real. You yeah, know, absolutely. Overall, though, is a great weekend of wrestling. Yeah. I- I thought it was. Yeah, 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 it was fun. No, overall, you you can't say anything wrong about the weekend. Going to NXT tomorrow night, I mean, as we're recording, I mean, it's anybody's guess. We might see Charlotte appear on there to challenge Rhea Ripley. Uh, Keith Lee will be defending, I think, the North American title. I mean, he just won it from Roddy. So, I mean, there's going to be so many storylines as now we march to Mania. I mean, it's going to be anybody's guess of what's really going to be happening. Well, I mean, it's just it's fun to be in WrestleMania season because – you know, now things are peaking. Yeah. You know, and they have the elimination chamber, which unfortunately just is at a rough time because the elimination chamber is a great pay per view. It's mm-hmm. just it's put in the shittiest position because it's the pay per view right before Mania. So it's like nothing's 
going to happen, you know? I mean, so... No, no, the only thing we know is I know there's a Saudi Arabia show coming up, and I know yep. that the Elimination Chamber is coming. Right, that's why I just... Yeah, so, yeah. that's what I'm saying. The Elimination Chamber is the next pay-per-view. Right. I don't count the Saudi shows as a pay-per-view. Right. That's... No. The Elimination Chamber is the next thing in my mind, and I... You know, it's just... It sucks because it should be more. It feels like it could be more, but it's just... It's put in such a bad position because it's right between the Rumble and Mania, so you just—it's a—it's a hold. It's, it's a, a holding it's a, position. It's a stopgap. Yeah, it's a stop. That's right. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, stopgap. No, it's, it's a stopgap. The only thing you're gonna find out is who's gonna be facing Bray. Yeah. Then you know what? Then that's fine because the only other idea, and I posted this on Twitter too, is tie up the Owens. Well, Joe, if he's clear because he suffered a concussion Monday night. Yep. Owens, Joe, Big Show, Alistair Black versus the Church of Rollins, as I'm just going to call them. <laughs> Put them all in a, put them all in the elimination chamber. Let them co- go crazy. I um, but with that said though, this is when they peak. This yeah. is when you see everything uh, come full throttle, and mm. I think that I mean it's needed for WWE because the last you know three four months, outside of maybe a few storylines that catches your eye, um, have been nah. Oh God, we didn't talk about the Manny Rose spot. Oh. oh, my God. How awesome was that? Because all of a sudden, she just rolled. Yeah, you didn't like it? Because all of a sudden, like, she t- gets thrown over the top rope, and then she lands on the apron. And I'm like, all right, she's just going to roll back in. And then all of a sudden, she awkwardly rolls out. And I'm like, that's how she gets eliminated? Like, she saved herself. Why is she now on the ground? And then all of a sudden, the camera pans around there's otis yeah no i mean it just, it just goes it just goes back to show i mean there's so many moments from the rumble it's worth a rewatch just from top to bottom the booking top notch like i say i can't say it was top notch enough because it was yeah definitely in your yeah, t- yeah yeah definitely in the top fives of all time i mean outside my the uh outside that punk run with the straight edge society where he's just cutting a promo while eliminating dudes mm-hmm. this was probably my favorite royal rumble I don't know. For me, it's Ric Flair with a tear in my eye. <laughs> that rumble. There's so many we can keep talking about, but let's keep that conversation going on social media. Shall we hit us up on that hashtag? Hashtag ODPH. What was your thoughts about the wrestling recap going on this past weekend? Royal Rumble, Worlds Collide, and have you listened to the wrestling show on 3FN? Check it out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Andrew from the Pop Culture Brewers podcast. We're the podcast where we take pieces of pop culture we absolutely love, We do deep dives on them, and then at the end of the episodes, we reveal to you the beers we were inspired to make by it. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and all of the usual suspects. Why not come check us out and have a pint? Hey, this is Johnny Moose from Excite Wrestling, and you're listening to the ODPH. I didn't mess it up. I thought I would. Right now, back to the guys. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, kick us off with that local minute. Well, local minute, of course, we're talking some Binghamton Devils hockey news. And looking at their games uh, last week, they had a come-from-behind win on Wednesday uh, against the Utica Comets, winning by the final score of 5-3. to three. Uh, They continued their comeback streak and came back against the Syracuse Crunch uh, on Friday, winning the game by a final score of 4-3. to three. And then they won a shootout thriller on Saturday at home against uh, the Laval Rockets. 
by a final score of 3-2. to two. Looking at their games upcoming this week, they've got a game this Friday at home against the Providence Bruins, game time 7.05. And then they've got another home game this Saturday, February 1st, against the Rochester Americans, 7.05 p.m. Should note, both home games this weekend, it's Slapshot Weekend. Yeah, the great, great movie. Mm-hmm. Oh. More information, BinghamtonDevils.com. Coach, let's talk some Bulldogs. Uh, Bulldogs were in action this past weekend with a uh, – Pad, Ken, let me give you a little tidbit here from me. I was told from a young age. Did you guys know the hardest thing in sports is to beat a team three times? Mm-hmm. Right. The Bulldogs did that with a victory here over the Spa City Gamblers by one, narrowly escaping the game in overtime. I turned the game on with about two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter that I saw the Bulldogs down four, I want to say. Uh, or no, they were down two with Chris Cartwright at the f- three-throw line, hit two clutch three-throws that eventually sent the game to overtime uh, where they were narrowly, I mean, and I'm talking narrowly able to escape the game here. Um, Deshaun Nelson with a career-high 29 points, I do believe. Yeah. So congratulations to him. I believe he was named the player of the game. And they are uh, playing this Saturday. What a What a weekend. What a weekend, guys. Yes. They are playing Saturday night, 7.05 at St. Patrick's. They are playing the number two, Wyoming Valley Clutch. So while Binghamton is ranked seventh currently, they fell. They were in a tie with Syracuse. Uh, the most recent rankings had them move to seventh with the, bull, uh, with the Stallions sitting at sixth. They now play this game against the number two undefeated Wyoming Valley Clutch at 7.05, like I just mentioned, this Saturday. Uh, tickets are going quick. And they're only being sold online, so if you want to get to the game, you better buy your tickets because mm-hmm. they're going fast, people. Uh, for more information, BinghamtonBulldog.com or check their active Facebook. Yes, Facebook was more recommended by us here at the yeah. OPH. Very active. Very, very active. Very active. And we also give a shout-out. Johnny Stock is happening this Saturday night as well. Excite Wrestling is back at the X. Mikey Whipwreck is in the main event, taking on his pupil stockade. Coming out of retirement. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night down at the X. I believe Moose said it cost him a pretty penny. To uh, get. That's what he said. Well, he's trying to recruit anybody and everybody to take out the dying breed. I heard he placed a call to Texas for a person that was not allowed to come on the show. For Undertaker? Well, it, uh, I Stone guess Cold? It, in some parts of the world, I guess. Shawn Michaels? Him. Uh, he, Booker T. He, he, he's known to uh, uh, bury, bury things. I know he's he's bury things. You know, and usually uh, waste disposable. Places. Plus, I'm running out of Texas wrestlers. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but for the person that's banned from the ODPH for time being, uh, damn right. Unless knows? I play their promo. Yes, unless you play their promo, <laughs> but we don't acknowledge that one. Uh, but no, but Moose is trying to do anything and everything to take out the dying breed. So if you want to see some great pro wrestling action in the 607, ExciteWrestling.com has all the information for Johnny Stock happening this weekend at the X. So let's round those bases, shall we? Pad, lead us off. Got some interesting uh, baseball news that popped up today uh, as we record. Uh, it sounds like the Major League Baseball is working out uh, a deal somehow to mic up the Major League Baseball umpires. So, of course, a couple years ago, Major League Baseball introduced uh, replay reviews so that you could figure out, you know, was this guy out? Was he safe? Was it a home run? Was it a double? Stuff like that. And, and, ever, and that's been a good, you know, step forward for baseball, I would say. But, you know, kind of one thing I feel like that – and I know other people have kind of said is, all right, it's great and all that you have replay, but like we don't get any like explanation or kind of like 
you know, what the call was. You just get a simple, oh, you go to that base. You go to that base. You're out. You're safe. What have you. Mm. So it sounds like Major League Baseball is working out a way so that the umpires could be mic'd up uh, so that once they go and review a play, they can come out and maybe give an explanation of what is going on. I can't imagine it'll be long-winded if they do that, but it'll definitely be interesting to see if it ends up happening, especially with some of the more uh, lovable umpires baseball fans have. Yeah, I I gotta wait and see about this one. Yeah, yeah I could only imagine though. Yeah, uh, it's also gonna be interesting, especially like if you have somebody like, oh yeah, this person's out, and then they come storming at the umpire, a la George Brett back in the day, and up, oh, cut the mic, cut the mic. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say the uh, NSFW rule will be captain to be taken into context. Uh huh. So I have to wait and see about that. Like I said, I, I don't know. Jury's still out for me about that one. Yeah, coach, what you got? I have football might be wrapping to a close. Basketball is kind of in a stalemate. It's in its till, motions. Huh? It's going through its motions. Yeah, you know, uh, basketball, you, until the All-Star break, you know, it is what it is. College basketball until March, snooze fest. But we have college across coming back to fill my void with football leaving. Uh, kicks off or faces off uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, February 1st. Uh no real games of note on the early season, unfortunately. Not like college football where you get that really big matchup, which is a little disappointing. But, uh, you know, there are some games thereafter. Syracuse kicks off uh, the following weekend, February 7th. And then the following weekend, they will be going against our own Binghamton Bearcats. Oh, okay, So right. that will be something to look forward to. Uh, I hope Binghamton can keep it within 20. I don't know if they will. But we'll see. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, it's going to fill a void when football leaves. And not to mention the XFL is right around the corner as well. So for you people that are you f- the football advocates that die hard and you need football year-round, that will be filled for you. We will be previewing the XFL next week. Oh, boy. Oh, Lord. <laughs> In some well, other, other than Ben's reaction was not the same as Ken's here. Yeah, uh, we were taken by surprise there. Well, I figured we got to talk Better. about something. Uh, that was gonna well, my, that was going to be my rounding the base. I mean, next I feel week. like uh, the Super Bowl would probably be what we discuss next week. But well, uh, no, okay, we need something for the bases. Well, I mean, we need something for segment two. Yeah. Well, no, I. I what do are we going to do? First half, second half? <laughs> no, because actually, how you want to bring this up kind of leads into my base. Oh. So obviously, next week we're going to be recapping the Super Bowl. The second segment, we have to give a preview for UFC 247 mm-hmm. because oh. one, John Jones is, will be fighting February 8th and leading that card. But we're going to save about that because my base this week, got to talk some MMA. UFC had a fight night, UFC one or fight night 166 happened at the PNC Arena. Main event, Curtis Blades knocked out Junior Dos Santos Ooh. in a heavyweight title fight. Wow. I So I went to bed. I couldn't stay up any longer, but I did watch the co-main event. Which was fun. Yeah, Michael Chiesa defeated Rafael Dos Anjos in a decision, and Chiesa immediately called out Kobe Covington. Because, uh, of course, he did. Yeah, yeah, but, but, why wouldn't he? But here's the thing. Chiesa cannot do trash talk. Chiesa looks amazing at 170. Yeah. So th- that fight, let me just say, will be a wrestling match of epic proportion. Uh, when Chiesa does fight Covington, whenever he is cleared from you know dealing with uh, Mr. Usman, so we don't Scary. we don't know when he's coming back, and I'm not prying into that. So Chiesa wants to fight him. Uh, I'm all for that. And Curtis Blades called out uh, for a title shot. Obviously, with what's going on with CPA Miosic, we don't know when he is coming back right now. So there's a lot of uncertainty about what's happening at the heavyweight division. 
frankly, I think now you kind of have to give Blades a number one contendership yeah, match. Yeah. Maybe the winner of Ngannou's next match. I'm blanking on who he's fighting, but he is fighting somebody. Maybe the winner of that is a title eliminator. I mean, the heavyweight division needs something. Right. Shot in the arm. Uh, John Jones? Well, it could happen because after 247, if he should defeat Dominic Reyes. Well, there's nobody left, John, please. Yeah, I mean, something's got to happen there, so we'll have to wait and see about that. But we're going to be covering that next week, along with maybe just mentioning during Round the Bases XFL. I just had to throw that in there, get the reaction. I mean, we're not we. Normally, we do three segments, Ken. Hold a yes. gun, hold a gun to my head. I can't tell you one player in the XFL. Well, we'll find out next week. Cardell so. Jones, oh. boom! Oh, like how you did that, bam! And also to tap off some MMA news, there was a Bellator card this past weekend. Oh yeah, oh yeah. sure, okay. Which is noteworthy for Chris Cyborg defeated Julia Budd to make some history in. The MMA world. Okay. Uh-huh. What's that history? Cyborg is the first Grand Slam winner oh. of winning titles in Bellator, okay. Strikeforce, okay. Invicta, and the UFC. Well, nobody's, nobody else is going to be able to accomplish that because two-thirds of those companies don't exist oh. anymore. Right, but still. Oh, yeah. It's, still it, it's history noteworthy. So yeah. she just went right in there and got a title fight, huh? Yeah. Man. Yeah, She well, obviously pedigree. Pulling that it. weight. Yep. Um, ended it in the fourth round by TKO, so... You know, it it is what it is. Congrats to Cyborg making some history, and we go from there. So that being said, obviously there's a big game happening this weekend. Yeah, a little bit. You know, it, well, Pat's a little sad. You might have heard about it. No, I'm all right. No, I'm good. Okay. So it is the Super Bowl. Pad, you got the breakdown. Yep. So of course it is the Super Bowl Fifty Four. The San Francisco 49ers at thirteen and three. The NFC champions taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The AFC champions who are twelve and four. Uh, this coming Sunday, February 2nd, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on Fox. Current lines as we record, uh, Kansas City is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and the under over-under is 54-and-a-half. Oh, that went up. Okay. Interesting. So let me start off with reading some comments we had come in on the social media. Our listener, Dre, shout-out to Dre, chimed in. I'm running with the Chiefs to win. Patrick Mahomes has five different targets he can throw to. And with Jimmy, if you can stop Kittle and Debo, who else is he going to throw to? Sanders is not reliable. But all in all, it should be a good game. Thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, yeah. I, hit it right on the no, hit it right on the head. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, no, I, th- I think he was spot on with that too. Pine of Comics chimed in. Uh, they were thinking Chiefs. Mahomes is otherworldly. That kid plays at a level I haven't seen before. Shaking Out Nerd uh, chimed in and was like, I don't really know, but it's going to be a fun game to watch. And that is also true. Yep. Yeah. Ghost of the Stratosphere chimed in. I hate the 49ers, okay. but not as much as I hate the Steelers. Uh-huh. And if the 49ers win, they make the Steelers less special for having six Super Bowls. So I guess the 49ers by default. Trust the Y and dot the T and math. carry the one. Okay, I guess I could see that. I'm, I'm going with that too. And I hate the, the Cowboys who hate the... Redskins, who also hate the Niners? Right, yeah, yeah, all right, follow me here. Yep, and uh, last one to chime in was three hours later and said Chiefs only because I never hear the end of it from 49ers fans. Can't go wrong. Yeah. I feel like you're never going to hear the end of it from any fan that ever wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I know, I know a few <laughs> Niners fans that if the Niners win this, they, oof, it's going to be a rough couple months. Absolutely. So, Coach, let us hear your Super Bowl pick. All right, so... I have been going back and forth uh, on this, and should note real quick, just on the I'm looking at the injury report, uh, a couple of names on there, but the only one worth mentioning is uh, Tevin Coleman, running back uh, for the 49ers, is listed as questionable, and that is dated from the 24th. So 
here's the thing. What are the 49ers good at, guys, offensively? The, Short passes. Uh, running the ball. And running the ball. You know, they did that very effectively last week. What Kansas City just show you that they can do? Shut down Derrick Henry. Shut down Derrick Henry, who couldn't be shut down. So with that being said, I think the 49ers offense is very good. I think that they will get after Mahomes. I don't think that they're going to have the fireworks aren't going to run out down in Miami, okay? So I uh, I definitely see Kansas City winning this game. I obviously will take the points, and uh, I'm going to take the under. Okay. All right. Pad? No, I, I think it's going to end up being the Kansas City Chiefs because, you know, it's like Coach said. Coach, uh, who's their defensive coordinator down over there in Kansas the City? The brilliant, and I, again, can't speak highly of him enough, Steve Spagnolo. Yeah, so you look at what he's been able to do with enough prep time you know, you give the man two weeks and enough film, you know, to fill the Library of Congress's, uh, you know, film vault to to look at what the 49ers can do and what they've done. I think it's going to end up being Kansas City because it's like much some of the, those other podcasts have said. You know, what is San Francisco really got on the offensive side of the ball that you got to worry about? Yeah, they got they got Kittle. Yeah, they got Garoppolo. But outside that, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, I think the defense, Kansas City defense is going to be able to pull it off. And I think you flip it to the other side with the Kansas City offense. I think that is something that they have not seen or experienced this year, you know, in terms of who they've played. Yeah, yeah, Russell Wilson is good. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is good. But the video game like no look shovel passes that sure, Patrick sure. Mahomes is able to pull off. Rodgers uh, and Wilson ain't exactly pulling off anytime soon. Well, I mean, Rodgers might. Yeah, he might. But he, no, I think it's going to end up being Kansas City. And you know what? I'll take the over. So for me, I, I put some thought into this. And where I'm going with this, I have to agree with my fellow panelists. Steve Spagnola shut down Tom Brady. Tom Brady groomed Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo has had a great season, and so have the Niners. They have flown under the radar for a lot of teams because they're not flashy. You could barely name anybody on their offense other than George Kittle. It's not a slap in the face. It's just they're it's reality. It's a reality, and they're a team first mentality. Their defense, led by Nick Bosa, is scary, downright scary. It's like John Lynch all over the field. I know it's a different position, but they hit hard. They're going to be knocking people on their tails. However, on the flip side, when Spagnola can take this defense that has always been the Achilles' heel to Kansas City getting anywhere and make them into a comparable an effective run-stopping defense and no bigger proof than they shut down Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. who was running through people like the Hulk in the Avengers movie. Yo, the fact nuts. that you stopped him, you're going to be able to stop the running back of the day from the 49ers. Then you have to get into a shootout with Patrick Mahomes, who is Mr. Tecmo Bowl, Mr. <laughs> Madden, 94, 95, 96. Throw the fly route yeah. high, and you're catching it every time. Exactly. Travis Kelsey, I expect to have a big day. Sammy I, Watkins could make an appearance. I Yeah, I, I think that that's the – I'm obviously, he's a tremendous tight end. Like, duh, you know, yeah. but I think he's the X factor that the 49ers defense won't be able to address. I think they'll be able to bottle Hill and Watkins and the receivers, but – it's Kelsey. That's the X factor. Kelsey, I expect to have a big day. I think the game is going to be closer, though, than everybody's saying. So I am actually going with the under, and I'm going to say 27-24. If I'm doing my math right, that's 51, so that is the under. 
Uh, I'm going to say it's going to be very close until the fourth quarter, and I think that's when Kansas City turns it on. I think Patrick Mahomes is ready to ascend to that level. Andy Reid is going to be partying like it's 1999, and he is going to be wiling out all over the place. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a fun game on Sunday. Definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. Get your picks in, too, because we'll have to compare and contrast because we're breaking down the game next week. But that's all for this week. So the music you heard on this week's episode, the beginning was Fair City Fire, but there is a little special announcement because during the show I got confirmation. Second Suitor will be here on the ODPH this week, so we're going to be closing with our song, I'm Not Listening. You can find out about all of the bands you hear on the ODPH, though, on ochoduroparlayar.com slash music. You can find out about Second Suitor. You can find out about Fair City Fire, Shout at the Robots, Floodlands, Walking Dances, all the great bands you hear each and every episode on the ODPH. You can also check out the ODPH directory, which has links to our fellow Hashtag 607 podcast brothers over at 3 Fat Nerds, Horizone 607, 8122productions.com, which is has the best Patreon programming for your dollar. Love is scary. Dare I say, Diesel is going for Dr. Drew. He has some stuff coming up I cannot talk about. He gave me a little preview. I can't talk about it. I'm not behind a paywall. Even if I was behind a paywall, I might not have enough money to cover what is getting discussed on that show. That is saying a lot, is it not, Pat? Mm-hmm. So that being said, if you want to find out about the hottest show behind the Patreon wall, go to A122Productions.com. Donate $1 a month. It's $12 for the year. You can hear everything going on there, especially the wrestling show, which the ODPH is co-hosting with Rich. So we're going to be having some more of the panelists going on the show in the upcoming months and also some of our fellow podcast friends. So you can also go check out on OchoDuroPolyaro.com. Parlay points to commentary blogs to the ODPH podcast. And you can find links to all our social medias and our hashtag PodNation and hashtag NextWaveGroups. Shout out to all those great podcasts. You can find our Podchaser lists on the front page. That's all I got for this week, though. So for your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night and hug your loved ones. For the one and only Padawan J. Thank you, Dante Skarnecchia, who uh, retired as New England Patriots offensive line coach. And thank you for bringing five championships to Foxborough. I'm your host, Ken M. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enough said. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. I figured you out. You're crying on the floor. You do this to feel important. No one's ever listening. Is this what you're about? What a waste of potential I never had the credentials To see who you wanted me to be I'll figure it out Yeah, I'll be just fine Doing what I want And doing it all on my own time Choices again Placing distance between
try to make 